This is Bless You Boys Podcast 119, recorded July 11th, 2014. The streakiest bunch of streakers who ever streaked. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com, SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog, kicks around the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball and anything else that's on our mind for that matter, but almost always it's Detroit Tigers baseball. I'm your host, Al Beaton. Uh, I'm co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. You can pretty much see me there every day of the week with recaps or news posts or whatever, let alone I'm do handling a lot of the social media stuff. Joining me, as always, is another social media maven who, well, he, he fessed up to me before the podcast, said he really hasn't paid that much attention to the team because he's kind of took a time off. So, you know, this is going to make some people angry, Hook Slide, because you are never supposed to take time off from baseball. <laughs> Especially not when you're, you know, kind of doing things for Bless You Boys and that sort of thing. You know, there's, there's, I tell you what, well, like I was saying before the podcast, you know, the, the we had the fourth holiday, the Independence Day holiday over the uh-huh. weekend, and it just sort of continued on into this week, and, you know, my family and I have been doing other things and going to movies, and I've been reading books or whatever, just haven't really books? had time. Books. Yes, books. <laughs> now, in my defense, they're baseball books. Oh, okay. So, but I just haven't been keeping up with, uh, necessarily with the Tigers I've been up to. I saw a game on Sunday, I think, mm-hmm. uh, when David Christ pitched. I think that's the last yeah, game that I've was seen. The, uh, yeah, that was the Rick Porcello. Uh, yes, it gets gets nominated for the final vote and then stinks out the joint and essentially <laughs> throws away the final vote right then and there. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, along yes. with everything else that's happened over the past week. Uh, you know, because it's kind of hard. To, well, I can understand why Hookslide's kind of stepped away because if you paid attention to the national media over the past few days, well, you would think the only thing going on in sports is what LeBron James is doing. And apparently, as we're recording this on our usual Friday afternoon, he signed or agreed to sign with the Cleveland Cavaliers about an hour ago. So I, baseball doesn't exist right now, except maybe this on this itty-bitty podcast. Oh, let alone there's the World Cup going on, and that finally comes to an end Sunday. But baseball has taken place, Oak Slide, and uh, we've seen some pretty good baseball. But first off, a little bit about the podcast. You can contact us, bybpodcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com. That's the catch-all for everything Bless You Boys. We're on Twitter, at Bless You Boys. Uh, myself, Kurt, Hookslide, Melissa, and Rob all kind of switch off on that. And we're also on the Facebook, facebook.com slash byb.tigers, or just search for Bless You Boys. And I also want to throw out a thank you to our Facebook uh, friends who – we have now crossed the 5,000-like barrier, something we never would have imagined at the end of the season. So wow, That's a big deal. It is. It's a really big deal. Well, kind of a big deal. It's, well, it's, we're in the big, it's, it's more likes than my personal page ever got. 
It's a big deal to me, Al. Yeah, so, all right. All right, uh, let's start actually talking baseball because, well, I need to get I need to get away from this LeBron James stuff. He feels like it's kind of like looking at one of those pictures where you move around the room and the eyes you think they're following you. That's what it feels like with sports news right now. You move over here. Oh, they're talking about LeBron James. Move over there. Turn on to this channel. Oh, there's more LeBron James. Screw that. Let's talk baseball. And since you last spoke, book slide, oh, you know, it's been streaky, to say the very least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess to paraphrase a Homer Simpson quote, they are the streakiest bunch of streakers who ever streaked. Uh, <laughs> and and I think I might have the title for the show, actually, right there. There, there so, you go. Yeah. Uh, they dropped three or four to the Rays. And actually, you said uh, one, of the, one of the few games you were able to catch was uh, was the day when David Price beat uh, Porcel, and that was last Sunday. That was, uh, I believe, the Tigers' um, – last loss, actually, because now they've won uh, three straight since then, including a sweep of the Dodgers and a 16-4 blowout of the second-place Royals. I don't know if you want to call it a statement game or something like that. We'll just say that uh, it was fun to watch. But And over the past three games, looks like the Streaky Tigers have outscored the opposition 34-10 and about hit them 47-20. This is a... Uh, uh, you know, I really don't know what more to say because this has become very There's typical no of the Tigers. There's no rhyme or reason as to what's going on here. Exactly, exactly. It's, I mean, you could say it's baseball, and maybe some of it is just baseball, but it just seems to me like this particular team in 2014 is, is a lot streakier than I recall the meeting in the last couple of years. Well, so. even remember last year where it was like they couldn't put together two wins or two losses in a row. It seemed like uh, for, for the first couple months of the season last year, it was like win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Now right, it's right. win eight, lose five, win three, lose two. You know, it's it's a it's it's uh, a, a season of streaks. And well, let me break this yeah. down because I kind of broke this down. Since June sixteenth, looks like the Tigers have winning streaks of seven, four, and three games. In that same stretch, they have a pair of three-game losing streaks. If you want to go back further, uh, they had uh, during especially during the, uh, their fast start. He had winning streaks of eight and six games, and that's between April 29th and May 18th. And he also had an 11-game road winning streak in that period as well. Then they followed that up during the slump from hell that lasted over three weeks, which included a five-game losing streak and three three-game losing streaks. So yeah. this is that's it's, for a team that you it had such really, for the most part it's had very very good starting pitching. And, you know, has a superstar Miguel Cabrera and a guy having an MVP-like season in Victor Martinez, for a team to go through funks like that really seems unfathomable. Well, let's talk about the Victor Martinez factor for just a second, because I, I do know that much. I, like I said, I didn't follow the games mm-hmm. necessarily. I did catch the, the last couple innings on the radio last night, but mm-hmm. uh, I remember uh, Dan and Jim were even talking about this and saying uh, you know, that uh, they've had a couple high-scoring games, uh, yeah. the 16-4 to blowout, and then they beat the Dodgers something like 14-4. to whatever it was, right. 14 to 3 or something. Uh, just a lot of run scoring without Victor Martinez in the lineup. Which mm-hmm. is just, it's kind of strange. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, this is supposed to be the guy, and he was for a long time, the guy who was the, the anchor, mm-hmm. you know, offensively, even with Cabrera kind of going up and down and up and down and still trying to find the, his balance, uh, you know, somewhat. Um, Victor Martinez was always just the rock, you yeah. know. 
Yeah. And uh, not that he's not now, but he's out with the, with the injury. And, you know, and <laughs> so here they go. Same thing happened last year, though, if you recall, yeah. when, when uh, Miggy was injured in right. July. Yeah. And and they went on a tear and, and scored, I don't, I don't remember the number, 60 or 70 runs in the course of a week or something. It was ridiculous. And he thought, how do they do that without, you know, the, the big gun in the in the lineup like yeah. that? But, um, you know, I, I don't know what you take from that except to say that, you know, maybe there's some comfort to be found that they're a good offensive team even without right. Victor Martinez. Yeah, and another thing that uh, has been was odd about this past week was that uh, the Tigers win about five games, uh, four or five games where the starting pitching didn't go more than six innings and gave up at least five runs. The only pitcher who didn't during that stretch was, uh, it was actually bookended by Max Scherzer, who is uh, who, who kind of took over the Annabelle Sanchez, well, I'm not going to suck where everybody else does roll. And, uh, and that's kind of changed during, over the past few games is, uh, uh, well, not actually, not really, because part of the three-game winning streak includes Justin Verlander's weird outing, giving up five first-inning runs. Looks like the, he's going to get shelled, and then that was end up being with the fourteen-five game where the Tigers just went nuts on uh, on LA pitching. And then the last couple games have been. Oh, well, Scherzer was great, but Drew Smiley uh, allowed four runs in the law in the win against uh, the Royals. Even, but he looked as solid as he, as he has quite some time. His outing looked a little rockier than it really was because the last battery face hit a home, hit a two-run home run. So I think, I guess, uh, the streakiness really kind of falls on this pitching staff more than anything else. Right, and that's what we've kind of all come to expect. Yeah. That you know, when the starters are being themselves and being the best rotation in baseball, then the Tigers do extremely well. Uh, but even then, you have the little aberrations. Like you mentioned, Justin Verlander comes out and gives up five runnings right off the bat in the first inning to the Dodgers, and you would think that's that's one of those cases where, well, you're going to chalk that up as a loss, and it turns out that the offense was able to, you know, more than make up for right. you know, his mistakes. So, it's it, you know, it starts with the pitching, but, uh, you know, like I said before, offense can cover a multitude of pitching sins. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and so far the offense uh, in this latest streak has done just that. Like, so they've been scoring runs in bunches, and it kind of came to a head uh, in the first game of the Royal Series. And uh, and speaking of that, we might as well just touch on that a little bit. Just in it's the last series before the break, four games with the Royals. Game one, Tigers won as we mentioned, sixteen to four in a blowout. Uh, this is one of those things, folks. Side where I think. As long as the Tigers didn't get swept, that was really all I was looking for out of the series because they entered it four and a half games up. So no matter what happened, they weren't going to get knocked out of first place. But, uh, you know, winning, you know, a split's awesome. You know, even taking one is fine because you know they're going to end up, they're going to have, they'll still be fine at the break. But, man, if they could really do something over these last three games, all of a sudden the AL Central could just, look like what we thought it was going to look like about eight weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, like you said, this is their nearest contender, so as long as they get a couple of games, even the one, like you said, is, mm-hmm. is, is enough to keep them where they need to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, by the all-star break. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's a chance here to really put some distance, and that yeah. would be great if they could take even three of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but... <laughs> I, just, I, I can't get over how you know how these performances are so unpredictable that mm-hmm. you know you go up against a team like Tampa Bay and lose three or four. Yeah, 
and then to go tackle the Dodgers, you know, and just and sweep that series is well, okay, I, I give up. You yeah, know, I can't make sense out of it. Yeah, yeah if it's the uh, the uh, the Twitter hashtag is so popular, can't predict baseball, and we've seen quite a bit of that this past week. So it's uh, uh but yeah, it, the Tigers could really do some damage in the central if they could even, if they could win a couple more games of the series and uh, they you know, it, amazingly enough though looks like that when you look at standings right now uh the tigers have the biggest lead in the american league and are tied for the biggest league in all baseball uh, again this looked like it was, that's just how it was going to be eight weeks ago and then it looked like oh my god they're in second place now Again, there's that streakiness again. They're on another nice little streak. Even when you throw in that three-game losing streak, the Tigers have been playing pretty well overall. And all of a sudden, they look pretty much like shoe ones again. All right, with all that pontificating out of the way, knowing that the, the streaky Tigers are streaky and will remain streaky, uh, the other big news this week was, uh, well, all-star stuff is how I uh, tagged it in the show notes. Tigers have three uh, players on the team, on the AL team. Miguel Cabrera won the fan vote at first base, as expected. He'll be joined by Max Scherzer and Victor Martinez. No surprises there either. Uh, Victor Martinez having a marvelous uh, season at the plate uh, with the game being in the American League team, uh, in American League team's uh, stadium, and that they'll be in Minnesota. Obviously, there will be a DH, so uh, uh, there'll be a couple DHs there. Victor Martinez... Uh, didn't win the vote. It went to Nelson Cruz, but he will uh, hopefully be there. We'll get into the, why the, I added hopefully in a second. Also, Scherzer's having a marvelous year again. Over the past few weeks, he's been back to the uh, the Cy Young type Scherzer, who's going to make a whole lot of money and probably won't be a Tiger next year. Uh, Hookside, you could make cases for Anibal Sanchez and Rick Porcello getting snubbed, uh, but I think the most egregious one, really the, guy, the Tiger who really should be on a team that's not going to be there, that is Ian Kinsler. Uh, Patrick put together a nice little um, war-based all-star team at Bless You Boys this week. That's right. And his 3.6 war, actually when the article went live, it was at 3.7, it not only leads all second basemen, as of we're recording, it's fifth overall over all players in the American League. Uh, you know, so realistically, Robinson Cano shouldn't be there. The only reason he's there because, well, he's an ex-Yankee. And, uh, and, and for some reason, he got voted on the team. Jose Altuve deserves to be on the team, as we witnessed our firsthand the way he destroyed the Tigers uh, in Houston uh, a couple weeks ago. But uh, I guess there is one hope for Kinsler, looks like, and it kind of this all kind of melds together with uh, Martinez's injury, which you alluded to earlier. Uh, Mart missed his fifth straight game uh, Thursday night, and he's missed eight of ten. He looks to be done until the all-star break and for that matter he may not play uh, i would bet money that he doesn't yeah exactly i think the tigers have been kind of had a bug in his ear saying we really if you're not going to be healthy we don't want you playing obviously you'll likely go but when it comes to the all-star stuff folks like uh i know we can go on we can probably go on for hours when it comes to well this guy should have made it and why is this guy there but it really bothers me that the season Ian Kinsler is having didn't get rewarded. Well, I mean, we've talked in different, uh, you know, formats about the whole idea of the different levels of fandom, yeah. you know, and there's there's the crazy people like us that are constantly reading the stat sheets and running mm-hmm. spreadsheet numbers and you know, all that <laughs> kind of good stuff. 
And then there's the more casual fan, and that's, you know, they're, they're there to watch the game and enjoy it. And I think a lot of that uh, factors into the all-star voting. When you're looking at a list, mm-hmm. did you vote this year, by the way? Actually, I, d- I don't even bother. Okay. I, I mean, I do it just because it's whatever. I like me and my mm-hmm. son. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll pull up this sheet and you know on their website and look. And, so just the way that it's laid out, you get a list of mm-hmm. you know, five, five guys. And yeah. I'm thinking for the casual fan looking at this list of second basemen, you're going to pick the name that you recognize. Right. And, uh, you know, Robinson Cano is a big mm-hmm. name. Not that oh, Ian yeah. Kinsler is not. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a previous all-star himself. But, I mean, especially, too, when the, when the voting was taking place, getting really hot and heavy in June, um, is right around the time when Kinsler was streaking bad, yeah. a slump. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take that into account. You know, the, the average casual fan looking at that list is going to say, eh, even a Tiger fan might say, Kinsler's doing nothing but popping up right now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Why would I send him to the All Star game? I know the name Robinson Cano. He's a perennial, so. We'll, but you and know, he's hitting three twenty, even though it's a very empty three twenty. That's, that's right, without yeah. power. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm with you saying if if not Kinsler, at least Altuve. Yeah. You know, give me Altuve over over Cano, but that's that's the way that this goes, and it gets to this whole issue of um, it's almost like the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an exhibition thing. You go for star power. That's why Derek Jeter is starting at shortstop, even though he has no business being there, at least by the numbers. Um, but it's you're going more for the for the star power at this point mm-hmm. than anything else, and uh, and that's fine. And it, and it should be that way. The only problem is that these games count now. You know, right. they, they count towards uh, you know the, the determining home field advantage. Yeah, in the that's World that Series. baseball won it two different ways. They want it. Yeah. In that it's an exhibition. We want to have everybody represented, but it counts for the World Series. That's that's ridiculous. It, it is. And if it's going to be exhibition, then fine. You know, then you let the fans vote and mm-hmm. uh, you know put whoever you want out yeah, there. Yeah, you know? give them a forty-man roster. I don't care. But sure. if, it, if it counts, well then. Why now is there a Twins on the team, for example? <laughs> That's right. Now that it counts, now you need to stack the team with the best possible players, and it really shouldn't be up to the fans at that point anymore. You know, so I know MLB is kind of waging this this war. I just read an article in Baseball Digest uh, a couple weeks ago. They're talking about the declining interest in the All Star Game. Mm-hmm. Um, every year, the numbers drop, and so you know, saying taking away the fan butt would be disastrous right now. Yeah. Um, in terms of keeping, you know. The viewer is interested, so you've got to keep that. But overturn the stupid rule about you know determining home field advantage—that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's one of uh, Bud Light's uh, legacies, and I, I hopefully maybe a, a future commissioner will change that around. <laughs> Did you call them Bud Light? Yes, I call them Bud Light. <laughs> and it's, it's just one of those things I wish that will hopefully a future commissioner, a wiser commissioner, will overturn. But as of right now, it's what we're stuck with. Uh, when it comes to uh, Rick Porcello, hook slide, he uh, didn't wasn't named the original team, uh, but was part of another gimmick that has been added to the All Star Game: the the final vote for each uh, each league gets five players uh, that are voted for by the fans. The winner gets to go to the All Star Game, kind of like a lottery. Uh, again, re- it's another ridiculous thing. Uh, Porcello obviously didn't make the main roster, but he was put on the final vote, but he lost that spot to the White Sox, Chris Sale, who I think you could argue would deserve to be on the team anyway and probably is a better pick for the team than, uh, than Rick Porcello anyway. I mean, we're talking he's a, uh, the best left-handed pitcher in, uh, in the American League, probably in baseball. So, it, yeah, so it goes to, uh, 
Brandon Inge remains uh, the only Tiger to win the final vote. Because we all remember the Brand Torino uh, gimmick with uh, Shane Victorino and the Phillies back in 2009. So, and but, I need to retract that statement because I just mm-hmm. remembered Clayton Kershaw's left-handed, isn't he? I believe so, but he's still pretty okay. Chris Sale is pretty damn good. Well, it's, okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to get angry tweets and letters. <laughs> How could you call Chris Sale easily the best in baseball? Not easily, but he's damn good. He's, he's, he's damn top, good. He's a, he, how about the, he's the top two left-hander? What, what's his ERA, like two right now? It's. I think it might be under two at this point. So uh, It wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think when I saw him in Chicago a few weeks back, it was right around that, you know, 205, 206, something like that. So I don't have a problem with him being picked over – Porcello again, only because I'm thinking, well, this game counts. You know, yep. this this matters for something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rick Porcello has been doing fabulous. You know, but is he All Star level? Well, maybe not over guys like Chris Sale. Yeah, there may be other pitchers on that list. You know, that made it that you could say, no, Porcello should have been there instead. Right. But, well, do you think his uh, his awful outing last Sunday, which came immediately after the announcement of the final five? And then he goes on ESPN and pretty much stinks out the joint, allowing seven runs, 11 hits, and five and two-thirds innings. Do you think that might have played at least a little bit into his losing? Uh, in the sense of, you know... The casual was, fan, anyway, maybe? That, well, he'd already lost it by that point, right? What's he, he'd already lost the uh, the vote by the time he pitched the game, didn't he? No, no, that was actually... when the, This was going back a week or so ago. Because uh, that was the Rays game, where... Yes. And they had just announced the final five vote because the vote went final uh, Wednesday night. Right. So I'm confused on the timing then because I, I, yeah. I thought before before the vote was announced, he'd been pitching phenomenally. He had been pitching phenomenally. And then it was just the timing was ESPN had their hour ridiculous hour-long show. I mean, it took they drug out the whole thing an hour to announce the teams. I mean, they used to do this in like a, a press release mm-hmm. years ago. And then at the end of the show, ESPN announced who the final five were going to be for each league. Obviously, Porcello was on that, and they made kind of a big deal about it because Porcello was going to be taking on David Price about 10 minutes later on a Sunday Night Baseball, and then Porcello goes out and stinks out the joint. So I don't know if it really played into it much, but it sure didn't put his candidacy off to a good start. It was a weird juxtaposition for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, because even the, I, I, that's, like I said, the one game that I did watched the whole thing beginning to end this mm-hmm. week and uh actually rather enjoyed it so you can shoot me mm-hmm. uh, later for saying i actually enjoyed the espn uh you know crook and and uh what's his name dan uh, uh the last i don't remember me. either it's it's long and complicated yes any anyhow <laughs> uh, chillingsworth we'll call him that yeah <laughs> I, I i enjoyed it i watched the game and uh yeah and they were making a big deal early on about you know Porcello and what kind of a streak he'd been on and two complete shutouts and you know all this and then he goes and does that yeah and then the sinker ball doesn't sink that day he left everything up in the zone it was just it was it was awful fun game to watch though mm-hmm. yeah I was uh I was sitting there with with my wife she watches maybe you know 50 60 percent of the games with me mm-hmm. on on TV during the season so we're sitting there you know watching it and for the first time I'm kind of explaining to her mm-hmm. some of the some of the strategy of pitching and saying you see how David Price is, you know, he's throwing these fastballs inside and then up out of the zone, and now now he's going to go with the changeup, and she was like, "That's so cool." Mm-hmm. So and then we're watching Porcello and said, "Now watch, he's going to keep everything really low, <laughs> and they can't do anything with it, but beat it into the ground." So and then, bam, you know, <laughs> double, bam, home run. <laughs> well, hey, is the right. Whitecaps uh, part burning down again or something? Or <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I think they found me, Al. 
Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> oh, see, now we know why you're using the name Hook Slide. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, move back to the um, – the Martinez injury, as I said, he's missed five straight games. He's really only played two games in almost uh, over a week and a half now, almost two weeks. Uh, they, I guess the question mark is why they just haven't put him on the disabled list at this point. Uh, maybe it has something to do with hope that he'll be able to play in the All-Star game or something. But you know, I guess that the bright side would be if Martinez does end up bowing out, maybe uh, Ian Kinzer would be a perfect substitute for him. In, at the game. Yeah, and remind me now how the, how the rules work, because um, as I've said before, I'm not mm-hmm. too sharp on, on the specifics. Um, if they list him as going on, the like, say, the 15 to ADL, mm-hmm. he, doesn't he have to stay out for 15 games? They can, yeah, but they would they could also uh, uh, what's the, go retroactive with it, so they could go back no, five that's right. games. That's right, that's like, true. Because I was going to say that that could be a reason why they're not because they don't necessarily want to lose him for 15. But yeah, they could go retroactive. So maybe the All Star thing has has more to do. Yeah, with I, I think it, it might happen. I bet if if he's still unable to play at the, after the All Star break, he probably does go on the DL. But uh, they're, I'm sure they're hoping that four that four game break, which, which we could all use. I know I sure can. Uh, it's uh, they're hoping. I think that'll uh, clear them up. It's much like uh, with Alex Gordon and the Royals, who the Tigers caught a break in the series because Gordon has a sprained wrist. Is that won't play against the Tigers? Had to step out of the All Star game, but the Royals aren't going to put him on the disabled list, hoping that those four days, let alone with the four games he's taken off, will be enough to clear it up. So I'm guessing the Tigers are probably in the same sort of uh, mode. Yes, you might see then uh, if if he does not go to the All Star game, you're saying you might see them put him on the DL. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, well, we'll have, it's a wait and see. It's you know, it's. But let me throw this out there at you: uh, Is this the kind of thing that would maybe make you think twice about going two or three years with Martinez on a contract because of injury issues like this? This is a weird one. All we're hearing is side soreness, and we're not really hearing who, what, where, why. And I know I've seen some comments at Bless You Boy saying, you know, this is a 35-year-old guy who may, you know, you're going to invest $30, $40 million in, and, all, you know, injuries are going to be an issue. Injuries are always going to be an issue, though, aren't they? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, to me, that, that, that logic doesn't really hold any water. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, he's getting a little bit older, and you know that, that, that these things are going to happen, but I, I'm not... I wouldn't look at something like this and say, "Oh, well, don't 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 extend his contract." Mm-hmm. You know, you, like I said, we don't know the extent of the injury or, or what caused it. You know, it's it's uh, it's hard to swing a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, and you I, never know from year to year because remember we had this discussion way back early on, and, and it inspired you to put together a post at Bless You Boys with possible replacements, and Billy Butler was one of the possible replacements. He has yes. three home runs this year and has an OPS around 600. So you just never know. Yeah, you never know who's going to come. I mean, Butler's a, again a perennial good player, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's really kind of out of the discussion anyway. I think since since we talked and looked at that post or whatever, right. he's he's actually got the club option, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for next year. So I, I don't think he's. In but you got to wonder now if they're willing to pay it after this awful season he's having. But it just does go to show that, uh, you know, you you can predict, you can hope to predict performance, but. 
you just never know players. Sometimes. Well, who would have predicted that Vmart would be so hot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be the next coming of Miguel, be better, a better yeah. Miguel Cabrera, essentially. Better and more consistent, and he's hitting with you know far more power than I think anyone's ever seen that's him hit. The, that's the crazy part, right? There. Maybe that's why his side hurts. You know, <laughs> he's hitting too many home runs. <laughs> he did something to his swing to get the extra yeah. power. And now he hurt something. I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Don Kelly slept with his wife and Miguel Cabrera punched him or something. I don't know. Oh, so, good. Oh, those... now, now we're going to have a rumor. <laughs> yeah, well, there are sources that bless you, boys. I know. i got I got to talk to Danny McLean and find out what the <laughs> story is on this. But, no, I'm not. It's, it's a side injury. It's ribs, right? Isn't that what they said? Something about the... I've heard, you know, this, uh, ribs. I've heard lower back. I just, you know, it sounds like this mysterious muscle thing. Uh, something, something's been tweaked. Yeah. It's, it's not like... I guess I'm comparing it to you know when he hurt his knee. It had right. Yeah, it had, yeah. Exactly. Two two different extreme things. Right. This These little tweaks are going to happen. I mean, come on. Austin Jackson is injured almost every year. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that he hasn't hasn't gone down yet. Um, you know. So do we do we have those same conversations? You know, every time somebody gets hurt, Alex Avila is always on the DL. People, but people will always bring those up, but because that's what fans do, unfortunately. So. Yeah, it's like whatever. Let's move on. You know, it's her, he'll be back soon. No, it's yeah, not the only by the All Star Game. It'll be a little bit after that. Right. The the one thing you hope for is that you know, in coming back off the injury, that he's still able to keep that hot swing going. Yeah. You know that that he's not uh, struggling to you know recover from the injury. You know, or finding mm-hmm. a new weakness in the swing after that. So let's just keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, yeah, when it comes to Victor Martinez, I think he could roll out of bed, grab a baseball bat, and hit a liner to the left, no problem. So he's just one of those kind of guys, a guy who was born to hit. And he really has gotten better as he's gotten older. Go figure. Uh, all right. So there was uh, other news this week. Andy Dirks, who has been an on and off topic on the podcast just because of when is he coming back? Well, it looks like he's finally, there's, there's finally a timetable in place. Uh, he's been on the shelf since having surgery in February for uh, back surgery uh, uh, of some sort of, well, if you want to find out more about that surgery, talk to Rob because he's a physical therapist and tell you all about it. Actually, you know, I should because I've had three back surgeries myself. But regardless of all that, the back injury has put Dirks on the shelf. He's finally started a minor league rehab assignment. With single-A Lakeland, I guess the Tigers have changed that because originally we thought he was going to um, West Michigan, and the hook slide was all excited. Uh, I was. I saw it in the yeah. show notes, and I said, I, I know I've been kind of like not paying attention yeah. for the last week, but how did I miss Andy Dirks here in West Michigan? Yeah. He's, he's not here. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that was uh, the sign which you heard was, uh, you know, a, a, a caravan there for Andy Dirks to take him to, uh, <laughs> no. take him to the Whitecaps. Who knows? Look out. Right now, though, he's in Lakeland, and he's expected back in July. Uh, odds are he will move from Lakeland to, to uh, AAA Toledo and then to the Tigers. Uh, right now, uh, he's played in two games. It's two for five. I guess the um, the question is now, Hook Slide, Dirks is going to return and return soon. The Tigers do need a left-handed bat. That's something we have said all year on this podcast. And if Dirks is, can't even come close to what he did in 2012, he will be a plus player for this team. And even defensively, he's a plus player, period, because he'll be the second-best yeah. defensive outfielder they have. I guess the question is, in three weeks from now, what do the Tigers do when Dirks uh, gets activated? Do you go with a short bullpen? Or there's, there's people out there saying, well, the Tigers are going to make a trade. They now may have a corner outfielder to deal with, say, a Rajai Davis or uh, 
Well, it probably would be Rajai Davis. I can see the only guy they could actually trade. I don't really see that happening. So, or that means someone gets cut. So where do you think this is going to go? I say they just run Dirks out there wearing uh, J.D. Martinez's uniform. Mm-hmm. And nobody's the wiser for it. <laughs> just let him go. Yeah. No, hey, he's I, become a switch hitter. <laughs> that's, that's right. He's amazingly bad from the left side. Uh, no, I, I, like you said, there's no guarantee that Dirks is even going to be much of an offensive um, help anyway. Right. And we've we've talked about that on several podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, just the issue of him coming back off the injury and needing to get back in the swing of things. And maybe he starts to contribute by September. You hope. Yeah. Um, defensively, he's an automatic plus. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I wrote about this in, the, in our inaugural post you know, a couple of days back about uh, you know MLB trade rumors and mm-hmm. kind of overviewing the team and what, what they need. And the one thing I brought up is that the outfield is an extremely crowded place right now. Very. And it, it already is, even without Dirks mm-hmm. coming back. And so with him coming back, it becomes you know an intolerable situation. You've got to do something. Um, I hear all sorts of things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've heard that, uh, like you said, Roger Davis becomes a trade piece. You, you sounded like, uh, was it Robert De Niro there? I hear things. I, I hear things. <laughs> 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 I, I would hate to see Roger Davis get traded. I thought he was kind of a key mm-hmm. component of the new, you know, more athletic, faster, better Tigers of 2014. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like more and more they're they're um, kind of going back to the, the softball power hitting mode, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so you'd hate to lose someone like Davis, but I, I've been kind of thinking in the back of my mind all this time that with that crowded outfield, that becomes the most uh, natural place to deal from as right. you trade pieces. So, mm-hmm. but the, the problem is, is like that. Who do you trade? You, you don't want to lose Martinez. Yeah. You don't want to lose Davis. Jackson, Hunter's untradeable. Uh, you know. You're not going to deal that money. He's all right. and his production just isn't yeah. there. You do want to trade Hunter, but you can't. You can't. Um, you, know, you can't trade Austin Jackson because no one can play center. At least, yeah, at, least right. at least at his level. Roger Davis can play center. He's just not, not a like good that. center fielder. Right, right, right. And it was oh God, it was the other the other night that we saw that. Oh, what game was it where there was the the uh, the little pop flare in the left field and Davis came charging and had to field it on one hop and then ran it into ran third it in. base yeah. for the out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, his legs are faster than his arms, so you you yeah. Not, don't put him in center field. Yeah, because I know there was an article on M Live. I know I said M Live from Joel Lapointe, uh, who actually does have a decent pedigree as a, as a journalist because he's worked for the New York Times, and he made the case that Rajai Davis is the guy who could actually maybe get you something as part of a package, since his contract is relatively reasonable and he can be very productive as part of a of a platoon. And that would allow the Tigers to maybe get themselves uh, the pieces they need specifically for the bullpen. But, damn, I really don't see the Tigers wanting to give up Davis because he does supply something this team completely lacks and would, ha- would have none of if he leaves. And that is a guy who can run the yep. bases well. And yep. And the speed, the speed thing, and he has played a good, has played fairly darn well, even though no one expected him to play this much. And I really do think a platoon of Dirks and Davis would be great. So if I was a betting man, I think uh, Don Kelly, once again, is going to get DFA'd and probably end up back in Toledo. I think that's probably the most likely, as much as that pains me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I know he's not a great player, but, you know, he's Don Kelly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and and he does have some value as the utility man that can – 
you know, give Miguel Cabrera a rest at first base from time to time or, or, or give Nick Castellanos a rest at third base. Mm-hmm. You'd hate to lose, you know, a guy like that. In fact, you know, the crazy part of me says, you know, make, make Don Kelly the backup shortstop and send yeah. Romine, you know, send Romine back. That would be, that would be great if Don Kelly could play an extended amount of time at shortstop. But the best he could do is an emergency guy who could, like, finish out a game. But yeah, I, couldn't see, I couldn't see Kelly playing shortstop if they needed him to for three or four games in a row. Why? Because he's Don Kelly. I don't know. I, I, okay, he's not going to have you know necessarily the range of an Iglesias or even an Andrew Romine. Mm-hmm. But I think he would do a very serviceable job just as a basic you know catch the routine grounders, make the outs. I mean, you, you got to do. How much are we seeing Romine right now anyway? About once you know, a week at this point, really. But yeah, right. It's it's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. So you figure maybe you can get away with that if it means you know that you get to keep Rajay Davis or you get to keep. Um, you know, the rest of the, the, the options, yeah, Martinez in the outfield. Yeah, because it's interesting that it seems like soon as managers find out what they have in Don Kelly, and then they have a guy who they could put anywhere on the field at any time, and he would be fine, good, you know, he'll be decent to very good defensively, and gives you an occasional pop in the bat, they seem to fall in love with him. And I think we've seen that with Brad Osmus, just like Jim Leland. Yeah, like I said, he's, he's not a starter, but he's an extremely solid 25th. Yeah. Uh, a very reliable 25th that does not, you know, he doesn't suck it up horribly out there. Yeah. You know, at least not compared to some other options, I guess, you know. Yeah. So he could, I know he's a backup catcher, too, but, you know, we've already got two of those. So mm-hmm. oh, it, it pains me to say it, but I I think he might be the odd man out. And then That's the way he's looking. Uh, without... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm without that utility, man. Yeah, because realistically, if the Tigers did need, say, God forbid, they had a middle infielder get hit, Hernan Perez is 40 minutes away in Toledo. And obviously, outfield is overloaded, and Andy Dirks can handle that. If we really need a lead any defensive replacement guy, they can put him out there if he isn't already starting. So, and so it may be RIP Don Kelly, and I hope it doesn't come to that, because I, I mean, I like the guy, and I like what he's added to the team, and you know, maybe Brad Osmus will shed a few tears like Jim Leland did a couple of years ago, and we can all have a little hug and cry, but still, we are talking about the 25th man on the team, and if Don Kelly ends up leaving, that doesn't affect the Tigers' chances one bit, while Andy Dirks, if he's productive, does affect the chances of this Tigers doing something in the playoffs. Yeah, and what if he's not? Yeah, that's you know, always the question, too. That- that becomes a risk. You would hate to see them get rid of Don Kelly and only to have Dirks come back and do absolutely nothing. I think the Tigers would be gambling, just like they did before. They'll DFA him. They'll figure no one will pick him up. Then we can, he will, we'll have this handshake deal like we did last time. Well, you go to Toledo. We will then call you up in September or earlier if we need you. And I have a feeling that may be the same scenario as we saw in 2012 all over I think again. that seems extremely likely. Yeah. Uh, every point of that seems extremely <laughs> likely. Right down to him not getting picked up by anybody else and going to Toledo and coming you know, back in September. Save for Brad Ausmus crying. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, no, that's not, <laughs> not on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they can bring in Jim Leland to do the crying on camera for them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure he's, uh, if he even heard this conversation, Jim Leland would be uh, getting the sniffles right now, I'm sure. (laughs) All right, a couple more things before we wrap up the show. Uh, Justin Verlander made a little bit of controversy this week when he actually told the truth. 
and that is in regard to the A's trade for uh, Cup starting pitching, and they, he picked up uh, Jeff Samarja and Jason Hamill. Obviously, the A's really wanted to bolster their rotation and did a damn good job of it, but they sold the farm to do it, and which was rare for a team that is known for dealing off players like this instead of trading for them and you know, continually building up from, uh, from within. Verlander put the trade as follows, saying it was all about the Tigers and Verlander being Verlander about himself as well. <laughs> uh, this is the quote. They made that trade because of us. No doubt about it in my mind. If they want to win a World Series, they're envisioning that they have to go through us. When you have a team like ours, somebody's going to go out there and dominate. And it just happens the last couple of years, both game fives against Oakland. It's been me, Justin Verlander. And I think they felt like they needed that person. Star power in the playoffs goes a long way. Power pitching in the playoffs goes a long way. Some people, that rubs some people the wrong way, but I honestly don't see anything there that's inflammatory or untruthful. It's all very true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, why, why the controversy? Mm-hmm. You know, he, He's saying what, what happens to be fact. And I, I think he's leaving the door open to say that anybody could have been that dominant pitcher. It could have been Max Scherzer last year. Yeah. It just happened to be Verlander that dominated the A's last year and the year before that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's absolutely right that they went out and, and They saw what happened. This. They said, we can't let this happen again. Yeah. I, and you know what? It's, it's not the whole story. I did read an article interview with uh, Billy Bean. Mm-hmm. Where he said, "Hey, it's 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 a bit myopic to say that it's all about the postseason." He said, "You know, we've got a couple real contenders here in the West, right. you know, nipping at our heels that we've got to worry about, and we don't want to finish as the wild card team." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so with Seattle and uh, the Los Angeles Angels, you know, kind of playing well, yeah. I, they're looking to bolster their rotation and just really clamp down and lock up the West. Yeah, and then, and then it does help in the postseason too, and it's a little bit unnerving. You know, for mm-hmm. me, and probably for other Tiger fans, go, oh wow, that's a uh, that's going to be a tough uh, tough act to follow for Dombrowski. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, and, it, and it's interesting is that right, as the things stand right now, uh, if the if the two teams met again for a third straight year and a fourth time since 2006, it would be in the AL Championship Series. So it's a uh, I can understand where they're going from, and I know uh, I didn't have the whole quote because Verlander did back off a little bit, probably. For the hubris thing, it kind of came off there, uh, saying, "Well, I'm sure there is more to it than just us in the postseason." But this is another one of those cases where I think a athlete caught some grief for telling the truth. And again, this goes to show: if I was an athlete, I would not say anything remotely controversial because all it does is bring grief from fans and media on me because you say something that is. Uh, Fans are so afraid it's going to be bulletin board fodder when the A's are like, yes, so what? I know. He almost wish like they had more people like Tory Hunter and yeah. Justin Verlander. Just 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 tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I would so much rather. And you know what? See, so you catch some flack for it, but how much cooler would it be to even come back out after that and say, yes, so what? You yeah. know? <laughs> I have my opinion and I'm entitled to it. And if you don't like it, then F off. You know? yeah. We need yeah. more Denny McLeans mm-hmm. is yeah. what we need <laughs> in, in baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need more 30-game winners. We need less felons, but I see where you're right. going with that. So. Right. But, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, and – Obviously, another reason why Verlander catches heat is because he's not pitching as well as he 
normally does, even though he's, uh, he's shown signs of pulling out of it. And I'm not worried about Verlander at all. Regardless of all that, again, this is much ado about nothing. But, again, the media, I'm sure, will drag this quote out. These two teams meet in the postseason. So uh, I can't wait. I hope they do. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly looking like they're going to. You almost mm-hmm. hope that, that uh, we catch them in a five-game and not a seven-game series. Cause yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm afraid of the A's. They are a really good team. They, are, they have gotten better with that, with that trade with uh, some legitimate MVP candidates, and they have a better record than the Tigers right now. And as they say, they're due. <laughs> and yeah. that, I guess that's always the, the thing with fans saying, well, the Tigers have beat them three straight times in the playoffs when they've met. Oh, they're due. <laughs> right, and that's that's a scary thing because I, I think well, I was I was discussing this with some A's fans last mm-hmm. week after after the A's series with, with yeah. the Tigers, and uh, you know we were talking about the fact that I, I think these are two of the most evenly matched teams. Yeah, that you're going to find in the playoffs, and and that's a little scary because it does become more of a fifty fifty coin flip, and the fact that the Tigers have won that coin flip the last couple times, two yeah. three times even, if you go back mm-hmm. to two thousand six. You have to say that the law of averages says you're going to lose that coin flip at some point. Exactly. Especially after getting it three times in a row going your way. So, uh, I think one of our own commenters said so that these things have a way of evening out. So, yeah, uh, baseball is good at that. It really is. Yeah. And you can look at the regular season you know, and say, well, the, the Tigers did beat the A's. Mm-hmm. What, what, five to two? Five games to two, I think? Something like that in, yep. in the regular season series. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily an indicator. No, it never is. You know, the A's beat the Tigers last year in the regular season yep. series and ended up losing in the playoffs. So, whew, get out the coins. Here we go. Yeah. And that's really all the playoffs is at this point is a coin. Realistically, it's a coin flip. There are the worst way to determine the best team in any sport is to play small sample size worth of games. <laughs> and that's what the playoffs yeah. are. You know, it is, and it's funny the way that that evolved. You know, from mm-hmm. from the very first World Series, which is just saying you have you've got the two leagues, you know, yeah. and all the teams play against each other, and then at the end of the year, you know, the team that was best consistently all year long is the victor, yeah. and then they played the World Series as an exhibition. Yeah, you know, let's just mm-hmm. take the two top from the National and American League and let's let's have it out and see who's really the the champions. And the way that they've gone on now to expand that to include the championship series and then the division series and then a wild card and then another wild card, you you kind of go, this is getting, it's no longer about the best team in baseball taking all the marbles anymore. Yeah, it's the hottest team. It's about winning that that series of coin flips. Yep, getting getting lucky a little bit here and there. And obviously, the better better you are, the better odds you're going to have of moving on, but crap happens, and we've seen it ourselves. So, you know, over I, and over again. Yeah, so I always look at the, the, I guess you could make, you could argue is either the most popular league in the world or the second most popular league behind the NFL, and that is the English Premier League or the soccer league or the top soccer league in England where they don't have playoffs. It's just whoever wins the regular season, you're our champion. And wow. that's really, and that's kind of what baseball used to be other than, you know, it was just, you know, we had an AL champion champion, and an NL champion, and they, those two met in a small sample size series. And, you know, at least to the Tigers' credit, they were oh, yeah. the last small, they were the last champion of that long, long, long gone era of baseball. You know, well, back in those days, you got to play nine games. 
Remember? <laughs> I, I, there was they go way back, yeah. yeah. The Tigers and Cubs did that. Yeah. Way, way back in, I don't remember, 1908 or something. I could go for a nine-game like, World Series. That'd be kind yeah, of Yeah, so it's a little bit less of a you know small sample size kind of a thing. And you figure, look, if they're going to play that many playoff games, mm-hmm. how many playoff games do we get now with, with all the extra division, championship, wild card, all that? Mm-hmm. Let's just save all those extra games. Let, let the two top teams play it out for like three weeks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Give them like a best of... I don't know, 21 games or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, best of 21. Here we go. Uh, no, but at the very least, you know, I would be all in favor, short and regular season, and if you're going to have extend the playoffs, at least get rid of that stupid one-game play-in. Not, it's not a playoff game. It's a play-in game. And then maybe extend the five-game series to seven, something like that. But it'll never happen. If anything, we'll see more wild cards added. And hell, even the NFL is going to that. They're adding even more playoff teams. So, we're just pissing into the wind here, Hilk Sides. Maybe we should just move on. I know. And we're yeah. sounding like old men. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm rubbing off on you being the old man that I am. <laughs> or maybe you're just like old, uh, you're an old soul at heart, maybe. The, this is true. Yeah. This is extremely true. I have a smoking jacket, so <laughs> not going to lie. I wear a fedora. My God, I'm, I'm old. Uh, but are, the question is, are you wearing a cravat? <laughs> Only to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, one more topic before we wrap up the show. Um, and, again, this is uh, more my era than hook slides, and that is former Tiger shortstop Tom Verizer uh, passed away at the age of 61 this week. Uh, Verizer's uh, really uh, remembered by a, small, a segment of Tigers fans, specifically guys who became fans of the team in the 70s, such as myself. That's right, that, was, that was right in my wheelhouse when I was a, you know, uh, I would have been when he came when he took over in 1975. It would have been all like 12 years old, 13 years old, and wow, that's the formative year right there. Yeah, exactly. And that was a group of guys that they were. The, he was part of the group of guys before the group of guys, so to speak. The Tigers bridged the gap in the 70s between the the team that won the 68 World Series in the 72 uh, Eastern Division, and then and then built the team in the late 70s. That ended up winning the '84 World Series and the '87 uh, playoffs, making '87 playoffs, I should say, with this group of players in the middle that really just most of them really didn't pan out. They had decent careers, but they weren't stars. And Tom Verizer falls in that because he bridged the gap at shortstop between Eddie Brinkman, who was an All-Star and probably one of the best defensive shortstops ever played the game, and Alan Trammell, who should be in the Hall of Fame. And for three years there, Tom Verizer was start, Tiger starting shortstop. And uh, his, one of his biggest claims of fame was that he was, uh, he was uh, uh, part of the, uh, the team that uh, always seemed to play well above their heads whenever Mark Fitters was on the, on the mound in 1976. Uh, Verizer was groomed to replace Brinkman. Could never hit, though. But in the 70s, a, guy, a shortstop who could field and not hit could last a very, very long time. In, in Verizer's case, he did end up having a 12-year career in the big league. So the Tigers traded him for Charlie Spikes. Uh, Spikes played 10 games for the Tigers, while Verizer went on to play, uh, become a starting shortstop for the Indians for three years, and then bounced around the National League for another four or five. Uh, but uh, the Tigers kind of made out in the deal anyway, because at moving Verizer allowed them to give the starting shortstop role to Alan Trammell. So... But still, Verizer is one of those guys, much like they remember the guys my age will remember like Leon Roberts, Dan Meyer, uh, Bruce Kim, uh, maybe Jason Thompson, um, Steve Kemp, guys like that who 
were kind of the first wave of players to uh, that broke up the six, the last of the '68 team, and kind of paved the way for the '84 team, but just for whatever reason, just were not around, uh, were not able to hang around for the complete rebuilding process. But regardless of that, dying at 61 is way, way, way too young. So, but I just wanted to say, uh, it kind of hit us, like you said. When Verizon played for the Tigers, it hits a spot with me because it was right in my wheelhouse. Right. I, I don't remember him, obviously. I wasn't mm-hmm. old enough at the time. I wasn't into the Tigers at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can at least relate to the, to the feeling anyway. Yeah, because I'm sure you have some players well, we just, uh, when you we were just a lost kid that Tony kind of Gwynn. ring a bell for you, you know? Yeah, we just lost Tony Gwynn. Yeah. And, you know, I was saying to my wife at the you know, time, saying that's – I think that's one of the first times that that's happened, you know, where one of the guys that I kind of grew up with when I was 12, yeah. you know, 11, 12 years old and mm-hmm. had the baseball cards and always put them on my baseball card, all-star rack, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, to have, to have someone of that era, um, pass away is just, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. there isn't a word tend, for that. Yeah, those guys tend to stick with you. Cause one of my all time favorite ball players was from that era. I mean, I'll go to my grave saying I love champ summers, for example. Champ Summers. Champ Summers. Wow. I loved Champ Summers as a Tiger. And if you look up the numbers, you know, if you look up Champ, Champ Summers on Baseball Reference, he had a long career, but if you look, he had his two best years as a Tiger. And the only reason he didn't hang around in the 80s was because he didn't get along with Sparky Anderson. You know, okay. and that's another thing. Sometimes personalities fall into this, and guys you like get traded. I'm pretty sure I have a baseball card of his somewhere. Because <laughs> he has a marvelous mustache. And yes. I'm so jealous of. Yes, that's why. Yes, I need to go dig up my uh, tops set now. Yeah, I, I, mean, I even used to sponsor Champ Summer's page on, on baseball. Reference. Are you kidding? I really did. I, when I was running my old blog, the Wayne Fonz Experience, I, yeah, for, for about four, three or four years, I sponsored Champ Summer's page. I really did. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, it was, just my, it was just my small way of showing I really liked Champ Summers as a ball player, and you know, and it always stuck with me. But it's funny, the, the guys you grew up with watching as a as a kid and a teenager are the ones that really kind of stick with you. You know, when the Tigers won oh, yeah. the World Series, I was like all of twenty three, twenty four years old. So, you know, it's you know, those are our guys, so to speak. No, that's why I said you're twelve years old. You know, so you said you were that. Uh... Or twelve when when Verizon played, mm-hmm. and you know I use the phrase that's a formative year, and yeah. you know, that's that's true for boys and getting into baseball. You know, between about eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're really finding the players that you like, and those yeah. are the ones whose batting stances you emulate during wiffle ball games, and mm-hmm. you know, the same thing with pitchers. You know, you, I, I can do a Dan Quisenberry. Look at this, you know, yeah. <laughs> <and stuff laughs> like that. So yeah, I, I get it. Those because I was so pissed off when they traded Jason Thompson and they, and traded uh, Steve Kemp. I was attached to those guys. You know, because I don't, you know, it's uh, one, because I was just like Jason Thompson. I was a slow footed, big glute of a first baseman who could hit with power. And I just really liked Steve Kemp. I wish Steve Kemp would be able to hang around. But no, cause Kemp, I th- yeah, Kemp was part of the Chet Lemon trade. So that all worked out for the Tigers as well. But when I heard that trade went down is that the Tigers traded Steve Kemp for Chet Lemon. I got pissed off. But then again, that's what you do when you're like 17 years old. And people are going to be equally pissed off when Don Kelly goes that way. Exactly. You know, it, 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 it kind of shows that we're all, at one point or another, irrational fans. That's right, especially when we're 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap up this podcast. So, Because uh, we had to have a little bit of a delay because Hookslide had real life getting away, and he had to uh, 
do what he does. So, you know, cause he's kind of a fixer. We'll just leave it at that. So, <laughs> that makes me sound like a mafia agent. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you hear things. <laughs> Which maybe I am. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? No, I think we'll I think we'll leave it at that. Well, just maybe one one. Are you gonna watch the uh, Home Run Derby next week? You know, I I don't want to, and if I do, I'll bitch the entire time because I cannot stand Chris Berman. Oh, is Berman doing it again? He always does it, and That's he's doing awesome. it again. Yeah, and yes, yeah. yes. Now I'm excited about it for one reason because Why is that? last year was I think probably the first year in a long, long time that I've ever watched the Home Run Derby. Mm-hmm. Probably since I was about 13. Um, and I had not been exposed to Chris Berman before. Mm-hmm. So I watched that home run derby last year and it was just dying. You know, yeah. I can't believe this guy. And uh, uh, my, my son wasn't able to watch it with me. So I was trying to share the experience and explain to him, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this thing ever since. You know, we'll go down to uh, play um, MLB The Show together, mm-hmm. you know. And one of us will inevitably do this if one of the guys gets a big hit. You know, I go, ah, back, 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 back. You know, so yeah. we've got this thing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to actually being able to watch that with him this year. So I'm glad to hear that Berman is back. But I'm oh, disappointed. God. I, I think he's done it for like the last 20 years or something like oh, that. So, great. so yeah, you and your son will be able to enjoy. Back, 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 back. Yes. And, and so uh, hopefully, yeah, and he'll say it uh, about a hundred times that night. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, now I'm oh, a little disappointed that Miggy's not participating. I was going to ask I you about that because I, I put that in the show notes and kind of forgot to get to it. Yeah. He said he didn't want to take part because he was. No, he, you know, you know, he's had a good week, but coming in, coming into this past week or so, he really hasn't been Miggy-like. I think he's only been hitting around 270 for the past few weeks. And he said that I have enough to worry about with my swing. I don't want to mess it up by taking part in the All-Star game. Do you, yeah, do you think there's anything to that? I do, and I, I thought that was a really uh, genuine, honest quote. I think the way he put it was, there's enough going on with my swing right now as it is. Exactly. Yeah, and I thought, well, that's very telling because I know he's hitting well, yeah. but he's not hitting with the power that we're used right. to seeing. And, yeah, when's uh, the last time I remember him really just yanking a ball out of the park? You know, almost everything seems to be going to the opposite field right now. Yeah. And even when he does, I mean, I mean, I'm used to seeing him go opposite field, but with authority. Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of balls that are just kind of barely clearing, or maybe ten feet back, or you know, whatever. Uh, it seems like I haven't yet seen the big, you know. That monster shot to center yeah. field that clears everything. Right, or the, just a no doubter to left that goes 420 feet back, you know, mm-hmm. in the stand. Uh, that's not happening, and I think I saw somebody quoted the stat the other day that he's on pace to hit less than 30 home runs this year. Yeah. Which is, to me, that, that, I don't, I don't, that, that does not compute. Mm-hmm. Uh, with especially as, as close as he is to hitting, is it career number 400? Yeah. I think it's three or 400. I, no, I should know that, but... Uh, and I remember saying at the beginning of the season that he had like maybe 35 more home runs to go to hit that career marker and saying, shoot, he'll get that by, you know, August, mm-hmm. you know, maybe late July. And here we are. And I'm thinking, eh, he might not hit that career mark yet this year. And that's very strange. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe, maybe there's been a bit of a power drain after the surgery and all of that. And you hope that that gets kind of squared away. Maybe he'll pick up some steam as the season continues. Um, but I, yeah, I'm glad that he's foregoing the home run derby. Um, for that reason, but at the same time, disappointed that he's not going to be yeah. out there swinging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put it this way. If he thinks it's going to affect his swing, then don't. Then That's, don't you know, do it. Don't do it. No, it's it's an exhibition. Again, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's just purely for fun or whatever. It was kind of nice to have Prince Fielder as a Tiger representative last year. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. So you kind of go, oh, that's, that's too bad that we're not going to have one of our guys in the English D out there. Mm-hmm. 
unless they do what they did last year and invite a non you know non roster uh, non all star roster player like they did with uh, Cespedes. Right. Yeah, and, and here we are talking about the, the power thing with Cabrera, but you know he does have a slugging percentage of five fifty. So, but it's all extra yeah, it's power right now because he has thirty three doubles. Yes, that's and, a, uh, and that's a ridiculous amount. That's a season for most guys. Yes, fun stat. Now, now that I've said I'm that, sorry, I'm sorry, thirty four doubles now. He had one last night. Yes, and Dan Dickerson said after he hit that double last night that. Um, he is on pace for something like 62 doubles this year, and that that is, uh, he said only six other players in history have hit over 60 doubles. Yeah. Uh, Greenberg and Geringer were two of them, mm. and he, he didn't say who the other four were, but only six in history yeah. have done this. So he's all, you know, he may not be, be smoking the home runs right now, but he's still on pace to, uh, again, you know, set some records and get him stuff in the history books. Yeah, it's, and... And I know one thing that did stick in my mind, so did the recap for, uh, for Bless You Boys last night, was uh, Cabrera now is just one short of the Tigers' record for most doubles by the All-Star break, and that was uh, uh, by Maglio Adonias during his monster year where he had 35 at the break, and uh, Cabrera's at 34 right now. So not all is lost with Miguel Cabrera. I mean, here's a guy hitting 315, getting on base at a 376 clip and slugging 550. And we're saying he's un-Cabrera-like, which really kind yeah. of shows to say well, how good this guy is. But yeah. then, you know, for the most part, it's just been the home runs. He's still driving in runs. He's getting on base. But you, yeah, but, but you expect a 400 on base percentage, goddammit. Yeah, or, you know, 44 home runs by the end of the season. You yeah. know, I still have yet to see an actual Mickey Bomb in person. And the, mm-hmm. Looking like maybe this year still won't be the year that I get it if he's kind of on a bit of a power drop. But, no, that isn't to say at all that he's, you know, Right. underperforming or anything. He's he's being Miggy. He just has taken a little bit of a drop in power, it seems like. Yeah, and Nolan Cabrera, he's probably going to go insane in the second half. So That'd be awesome. He did yeah. that last year. Yeah, he did, until he got hurt, and let's not even go into that again. So. Oh, no, but August last year was, was beautiful. Yes, and I would not be surprised if we see it again, because Miguel Cabrera is one of those once-in-a-generation players that we are unbelievably lucky to get watched. Get the watch. So I'll drink to that. Indeed. So with that, let's wrap it up. So uh, Hookslide, where can the listeners find you online? On Twitter at Hookslide BYB. Same here. I am on Twitter at Big Al BYB, and of course you can find us both along with a, a few of the other writers running the at Bless You Boys account on Twitter. Also, again, please look us up on Facebook. Uh, we need more likes, and we need more followers on Twitter and. You need more readers at Bless You Boys, so please make a point to visit us every day. Of course, also be on the lookout for uh, my other podcast, The New Jerks. I do a uh, Bless You Boys contributor, Greg Eno. So if you want to hear Greg rant about uh, LeBron James, and I'm sure I will too, tune into that podcast. But you can, uh, you can find all that kind of stuff on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, that's where we base the feeds for this podcast out of. Of course, it's also available for download via Stitcher, via iTunes, all the usual places. So, and of course, on the site itself at Pleasure Boys. All right, let's wrap this up. So, until this time next week, this is L. Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck. Come on, looks like. Enjoy the all-star break, folks. I can't believe I did that. Not cool. (laughs) (laughs) That'll get him out of the old ballpark. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.